I text okay. you Friday night. You didn't Damn. respond. Then you called during do not disturb hours. That's on you. All you had to do was respond. I, I called 15 minutes before I was scheduled record time. No, but you never confirmed the record time. This is what I'm oh saying. Oh, my gosh. All right, all right. I'm not, listen, I'm not one of your listen. hosts with, with an empty calendar, okay? Hold up. Second, firstly, the idea of being one of a set that I don't, that you're assigning to me, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say I, I'm uncomfortable with that. Okay. I've heard this this narrative before. Sure. And let's, let's not feed that. All right. Okay. Secondly, I'm here. I'm ready to re- to record. Shout out to all. What what are your friends having the at the gang thing? That you never told me. They uh, a, it's it wasn't a gang thing, but as I was on, uh, as as That's I stated you. last week, uh, it my my fears have been confirmed. It is a boy. Okay, all right, and in, and now they'll they'll have uh, everything that they'll they'll need, and if they need uh, you know, well, whatever. I'm not. I'll leave it at that. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations! Another another young man and coming into the into the world. I just had my notes in front of me. Yeah, I, I did. I did the topics. You know, one of us has to, to be pre- one of us has to be prepared. Threw, threw me all the way off. Uh, you know, you want to do the intro? You, you can do the intro. Let's do it. No, no, no. I want you to do the I, intro. You, you you drive the boat, and I'll just show no, up. No, no, no. That's not how we're gonna do it. You, you'll okay. do the intro. I'll do everything else as usual. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Pre-Internet Friends Podcast. This is a conversation shaped by being savvy enough to deal with the world as it is, not as it should be. I am your host, the driver of the boat, Mr. J. Nicholas. Um, this is my co-host. <laughs> you want me to hang up on you, that's this what it is. This is my co-host. Um... I mean, you guys like her. Sometimes I don't, but she's she's some people's favorite person. Um, crypto conqueror, a little bit of melanin, not much in the winter. Uh, Miss Nicole Shanique, how are you feeling today, Queen? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Oh, um, I felt I felt actually very hopeful. I, I had got a lot of good feedback about the uh, voting uh, drive that took place out in Atlanta. And people were very excited about it. And actually, I spoke with some of the guys about it, and they they agreed that not only was it a successful campaign, but if Atlanta and the surrounding areas made a firm decision to have voting booths inside of strip clubs. Okay. And and, uh, hold on, hear hear it out, because this was actually, I thought it was genius. They had a voting booth inside of a strip club, and if you cast your vote, you got a free lap dance. I don't believe voting tur- this. Voting turnout would be through the roof. That does not sound sound to you. That doesn't oh, you're saying. Sense. Oh, you're saying if somebody was crazy enough yeah, to yeah. allow this. Okay, yeah, this was proposed, and I thought it was okay. like the most genius voting, shit I had ever heard. Vo- voting via strip club, sure. Why not? No, no, voting via in person drop in- off casting of the vote. But yeah, so uh, if if uh-huh. there was a drop box for you know the mail-in ballots at a strip club, I would support that. I don't think I would support in-person voting at a strip club. Mm, you know, that is a, a subtle and distinct difference, but I could see that that being uh, that being a worthwhile distinction to make. Yeah, okay, so you, you bring your ballot, you drop it off there, and then you get a lap dance. 
Uh, shit, sure. sign, sign me up. That, that sounds okay. brilliant. Did you did you vote already? I did. Um, I, I'd rather not say. I don't want to talk about who I voted for. No, I, I just asked uh, you oh. if you voted already. That's the only question that was on the floor. Okay, okay. Um, I have not voted as yet. Okay. Well, but I, I have I have time. Uh, New Jersey has gone to all mail in for this election. That's fine. I'm still a New York resident. Okay, so when you plan on voting, are you going to do early or day of? I've seen reports that there's been some long lines even in the five boroughs. Uh, I, I plan on doing a day of. Okay, well, make sure you make sure you show up uh, early. No, I, I can't turn off my blackness. They they be happy I, I get there when I get there. Treat that shit like a job, you know? Well, they're like, talking about multi-hour waits. Hey, they cannot turn you away once you're on the line. So, you know, I'll get there. I'll bring a chair. If people lining up for sneakers, I'll line up to vote. Amen. Charge my phone, listen to my to the Prince and Friend podcast, some of the best of clips, perhaps to spin the block of episode 31, Ice Cube edition. Um, you know, stuff that I, I've been getting great feedback on. Uh, shout out to Brother Tave. We needed you. Uh, you weren't there, but, it's, you know, there'll be others. So anyway, uh, where we where would you like to start? Um, let's start with my, you know, one of my favorite topics, cryptocurrency. Did you see the news about PayPal? Yes. Yes. So I kind of caught the reverse end of it. I saw the news about Bitcoin surging and then mm-hmm. I, I had to go and kind of contextualize why the, the surge in the, in the, in the Bitcoin, Bitcoin went up, I think at that point to 13, uh, four, um, and you know that 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 spike was a direct result of PayPal now accepting cryptocurrency. Mm. No, I don't, you don't know like if that I would correlation. Say, there's some correlation, but it was already on that run above twelve when the when the PayPal news came out. So I think the PayPal news might have got us over thirteen, but that news wasn't out when it got over twelve, like the high twelves. So um, people are saying that we are about to enter, you know, the next bull run. And what say you on that, Mister J. Nicholas? Um, I'm saying I'm I'm really upset that I entertained some of these traditional stocks for as long as I did. Because look, no matter how you feel about Bitcoin. You, you remove the emotions from it and you just look at the damn performance and it, it, it's, it is what it is. It has steadily performed even, you know, like just measured against itself. Like how the hell do you bet against it? Yes. So it might, it might not be what, you know, the, the highest of highs are in terms of best case scenario for, for the run, but it's, it's always it's always on the rise. It's always on the up- uptick. It's just about how much. And if that's what the the measuring stick is, how can you not be all in? I right. just I don't you know I, right. I can't find a right. That's so, that's where I'm at with it. So there's a, f- a few things. So yesterday I was at dinner 
with uh, some ladies from the gender reveal and I mentioned it and, you know, one of the ladies was saying, oh, you know, I'm not sure and this, this, this. And that kind of reminded me of an interview or something that I was listening to this previous week where it was talking about if you're going to thrive in a capitalist society, you know what the goal is and the goal is to make money. And the person on that interview said, look, do you want to be right or do you want to make money? you know, these are the only two questions. And I was listening to Anthony Pompliano, you know, he's known as Pomp in the crypto industry. And what he was saying that has shown to be true. If you look at the Bitcoin price chart, basically every, I believe three, yeah, like every three years, it hits a new all time high and then it drops in price 80% you know, the same cycle. Like, so that's already happened three times. Uh And, you know, since Bitcoin has been around. And if you're going on that same time cycle, we're right on schedule for the next one. Like the last one was, you know, end of 2017, top of 2018. So you're figuring we're ending 2020 right now, about to go into 2021 right on time. We've already hit, um, you know, 13,000, there are people who are estimating that we could be above, you know, 20 or 30,000 by the end of 2020. There are people thinking that we could be as high as 50 to 100 by the end of 2021. Um, So for me, I don't see how, you know, you wouldn't, like you said, I don't see how you wouldn't put 5, 10, 100, whatever you can afford into it right now. And just see what happens. You know, I I just can't. Um, And in the PayPal thing, I think the PayPal thing is only going to be good for adoption because everybody pretty much has PayPal. Like if you started out like me, you know, buying stuff on eBay back in high school and all of that, you got PayPal. Um, I just took a private Spanish lesson. I got to pay him on PayPal. You know, everybody's familiar with that. So if PayPal is going to have crypto and then you're talking about Cash App has crypto, that's only going to lead to more adoption and more adoption naturally equals the higher price, which brings me to our next topic. Did you see the article from the Winklevoss twins? No, no, I did not. Okay, so now the Winklevoss twins, for those of you who don't know, that's Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss. If you watch the movie. Social um, Network. Right, right. They they are the ones who sued Mark Zuckerberg, saying that they were, the, in fact, the real creators of Facebook. Um, you know, he had to settle with them. And, right. you know, fun fact, their cryptocurrency network is called Gemini. Um, they actually are for all intents and purposes, basically a bank, you know, under the laws of New York, like they have the bit license, they have, um, they're a New York trust company, you know, they're definitely industry leaders. Um, they recently put out an article for the case of Bitcoin. They're saying going to 500,000 at some point, and they have laid it out basically saying that wall street is not in Bitcoin right now to any significant degree, nor are like publicly traded companies, nor are um, like central banks of other uh, countries either. So their whole thesis is that once more publicly traded companies get in, because, you know, they have micro 
uh, Michael Sayer, I believe his name is, he's the CEO of uh, MicroStrategies. Uh, he said his company just bought, I believe it was like a hundred million worth of Bitcoin. They're saying that, you know, these are the early people and their whole thing is once this becomes mainstream, that's what's going to get us to the 500,000 price. Of, of course. And, and, but that's like any other industry, not even just, uh, you know, other stocks or, or other financial markets, sub industries, but any, any industry and, and, in business is it is a su- supply and demand model and in this and in, and in this instance what we're discussing really is the inflation of standardization and and in some instances almost like legalization you know like think of it comparable to marijuana Mar- the price of, of marijuana is is uh gonna be oh well the price of marijuana is gonna be fixed right based on the profit margin and the operating costs. But the more people who legalize it, like if everybody legalized marijuana right. tomorrow, what would happen immediately based on the market would be a, a, a price drop. You know right. what I'm saying? And it, it's like the same thing where it's like, there are rules that are dictating how this should play out. If, if, if it becomes standard that it being Bitcoin, as it becomes standardized and it's going to have, you know, more adoption by more mainstream things that, that, definitely stands to reason you know uh, imagine you going to pay your utilities and it being able to use bitcoin or, or right. altcoin you know you being able to uh, get gas or make your credit card payments using uh cryptocurrency um things that don't necessarily impact you you know your your, your physical day but your day-to-day you know paying your cell phone bill and, and you know things that are more uh, sub- substantive uh, rather than just you know, paying for uh, services via like uh, Fiverr. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like at, at some point, it's going to be the, the things that are, are more impactful and that's going to give it a, a level of validation and, and in, you know, in standardization, which I think is gonna, it makes that legit. I think that's plausible. I don't know if 500 is the number I would have put out there, but there is a direct correlation. Like you can't deny the correlation. Well, and what they likened it to, they did an interview with uh, Peter McCormick. Uh, he hosts the What Bitcoin Did podcast. And basically what they were uh, analogizing this to is they're saying that if you're in Bitcoin right now, anybody who's in it right now, they're saying that this is basically akin to if you would have had Amazon stock, you know, 20 years ago. And, right. you know, we, we know what Amazon does. So, so according to them, you know, we're still on the ground floor. And, you know, when I did that interview with Crypto Kinsey, I had said that in, you know, 2015, I thought that I was late on Bitcoin. But the Winklevoss twins has have said that, you know, even now in 2020, we're still in the early days. Right. So now let, let's let's project this out. To, to make this as digestible as possible mm-hmm. when you make the decision if it is a sound investment today, right? Going into November of 2020. Let's pay the Bitcoin prices at 15000 It's not. But let's say it's at fifteen, And let's say the ceiling for it at, in three years is $450,000. It's, uh, oh, what is it, five years that they, they projected? Um, I'm not sure. Let me see. What, they what, the, ti- what the timeline was? I'm not sure what I don't know if they gave an exact timeline, but okay. they just kind of projected it out. 
you know, into the future. But in terms okay, of an actual let's, timeline, let's... um, uh, Anthony Pompliano Nine has years. given. Well, Anthony Pompliano has given. Uh, his prediction was that Bitcoin could be a hundred thousand by the end of twenty twenty one. So we can just use that for you know, okay. Argument All right, sake. so so a hundred grand going into twenty twenty two. So that's roughly two years. Right. So in two years' time, you would be able to increase your money potentially six or seven times over, um, investing nothing today, um, and have a ceiling that could roughly be, if you believe it, five times higher than this number that's already six or seven times more than what you invest today. Um, again, you know, even at, at, with a trading at uh, at a five figure number. It's, it's still this is the, the value of it it is always a buyer's market for bitcoin like if you are all in on, on anything long term when do you not buy like what's the number that you say nah i can't mess with it right now it, like how could you with a ceiling that high how could you not still buy yeah i mean that's how i feel i know for me i missed the first bull run just because i was still kind of in that you know anxiety lawyer I need to know everything I need to, I'm gonna study this to death analysis paralysis type of thing so I didn't buy at the peak which was like 20,000 my first um purchases were around 10,000 so I just kept buying regardless of the price all the way down and now all the way up so that's what I've done. And then when I look at the numbers, if you really do dollar cost averaging to your point over a long enough time, it is up. Like, because I was putting it, I was buying, let's say, 100 to $250 at a time when the price was 10000 when the price was 8000 when the price was 12000 like like all of these different prices. And then you average that out you know, to whatever it is, let's say my average Bitcoin price might be 9,200. We're already at 13,000. So I'm already up and I haven't done anything. Right. And, you know, we'd have conversations about the average cost price and I didn't like going, being over 8,500, you know, um, I felt like 8,000 was, was, was too high, but I I could recall, uh, you, you know, years ago buying, when it was at 14 grand, which was towards the peak of its first run, you know, well, more recently, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, but yeah, obviously it's just, if the ceiling is that high, there are definitely based on the performance. When you look back, you could say you purchased at good times or uh, bad times based on how the, the currency was performing, but based on dollars to donuts, there are, there are no bad times uh, to have acquired in the last 10 years if the ceiling is still that high. Right. And a- I any say, price you get it at is a good price. Right. And what I will say for me, you know, as a person who has a full-time job and other things, like I'm not the type of person who is able to kind of look at charts every single day and, you know, make these super detailed moves. So I just kind of made it a regular part of, you know, buying some a little bit every week automatically, you know, it's hooked up to my debit card. I don't even have to do it. And then at least once a month, you know, saying, all right, I'm going to put in 250 or whatever. And then when you look at those 
prices when I go back and look at my block folio, honest to God, the only regret that I have on the purchases that I have made is not Next buying more. Buy more. Right. Of course. And even of course. even with even with Ethereum, when I look at my Ethereum, right now I think Ethereum is four hundred and fifteen, I think. I bought Ethereum at like eighty dollars one time. <laughs> like you know, and, and you figure had I bought more, yeah, Ethereum right now is four hundred and seven dollars. And I got I bought one Ethereum for a hundred and thirteen and a hundred and sixty-two. You know what I mean? So it's like uh-huh. if I had done that, like yeah, <laughs> had I built it up. You could have bought bought MacBooks for all of the interns. <laughs> right, for all of the interns that, that we have. <laughs> now so, did mm-hmm. you also did you, if, hold on before we, we we gloss over that if there is anyone interested in becoming an intern uh, for the pre-internet friends podcast please leave a voice message at the uh the anchor uh dot fm backslash pre-internet friends page uh which you will find attached to the, the episode details for episode 31 and every episode going forward what were you going to say ma'am <laughs> so now you know they had the last presidential debate which was whatever i i didn't watch it it was some yeah it was some mid it was some mid yeah i mean you know me i would sleep <laughs> now i was listening to this podcast and it, and it presented a very interesting question and i and i as immediately as i heard it i said we have to discuss this and it was an npr podcast and the question that they were debating is what makes a president racist and one of the things that they were going into is how are we actually judging presidents? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we've heard the Nixon tapes from, what was that, like the, the 70s, you know, or whatever, where he, he's using the N-word, letting it fly, whatever. And then, but then at the same time, he says, give the niggas the vote, right? So you have that, somebody using the N-word, but saying as a political strategy, let them vote. They'll be beholden to us, Right. Mm-hmm. You you contrast that with Bill Clinton, who was you know playing the saxophone on Arsenio Hall, but who put the ninety four crime bill, locked mad black and Latino people up. People, some of those people still to this day are probably either still in jail or on probation or whatever as a result of that. You know mm-hmm. they, you know the welfare reform, which was a direct hit at you know certain types of people all of that. And then they even got into, you know, Obama has actually, actually deported more people than Trump. No, Trump, you can't Trump. say that. What do you mean you can't say that? Hey, listen, you're a black woman. You start talking poorly about Barack Obama. And so, th- so this is, so that you that, and Ice Cube, y'all going to be on that Allen no, together. No, no. So here's, uh-huh. so, so that made me think to their point, what is it that makes a president racist? Is it the language that they use or is it the policies that they enact? And and one of the things they said, like, we know for a fact that I think 12 of the first 18 presidents were slaveholders. We know that. Look at what happened on the Trail of Tears with the Native Americans. Look right. at 
you know, think about it. Obama dropped drones on mad, <laughs> um, you know, and got a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm not with the shit when it comes to Obama. So, so, so that's so, yes. so, so that's okay. My question. All right, you want to talk about it? Yeah, yes. So what? What? Okay, what I'm, I'm here for that. Races? Is it the it, word? Nothing. Make, no. Or is it the no, policies? Listen, listen. This is this is this is this is the kind. Of, let's just take a step back first. The the podcast that you were listening, who who's informing their their slant? What's well, their view on? Well, uh-huh. it's, well, it's NPR, so you know it's it's kind, NPR, so it's, it's kind of left leaning. Okay, okay. So this is the shit, right? This is the even even that as as you know, deep as that sounds, that's still a surface level conversation, right? So if you want to have a surface level conversation, we can. But the real meat and potatoes of this is the fact that the whole shit is racist. Like every single fucking president is racist. Every single one of them. And so it's like, what's the conversation you want to have? Because one is a conspiracy and the other one is a reality. And, you know, one just sounds worse than the other. The conspiracy here is that one president is more racist than the next. That's the conspiracy. Not the fact that all of them are racist. So, okay. Trump, is, you could say Trump is easily the most racist president in the United States history. And I don't I, even but, believe that. But I'm not. But that's uh, the thing. I don't. I don't no, no. Right, right. That that, that like, was shit that, that came out during the election, uh, the debate. You know, Biden. Biden jokingly called him Abe Lincoln. So Abe Lincoln over here is, the, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's actually, it was quite a bar. Yeah. So Abe Lincoln over here is the most racist president, you know, this history of this country. And that shit is, it was like a gut punch. Like I'm like, all right, Uncle Joe, you throwing body blows. Right. But if the reality is you could go all the way back to Abe Lincoln and you look at it and I can't think of the, the author right now, but it's like the N word who can say it, who, who can, who shouldn't. One of the opening the, one of the opening uh, quotes when you start talking about just the the history is a quote from Abe Lincoln. It's from a letter that he had wrote uh, to other senators at the time where he just basically was highlighting the idea that he's of the belief that, you know, niggas are inferior to, to the white man and that his uh, approach to slavery is for the greater good of the country, right. not based on, you know, anything like that. So obviously you have this romanticism that has been fueled for 150 years when it goes back to to that that time period, which was carried on and 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 championed by even Barack Obama. But it's like when you know the the real history of the shit, all that all that shit look like coon behavior. You know what I'm saying? And then and then you match that all that empty rhetoric with the actual policies and with the actual actions. The fact that you, you we watched them destabilize all of these uh, African economies, particularly once they these. Uh, members of the AU, the African Union, started speaking about going away from the dollar as the standard to trade in oil, in oil and which would have destabilized the U.S. economy. When uh, Gaddafi started talking about going uh, and using a gold dinar as the standard for them to deal with exclusively, that's when he became fucking uh, priority number one yeah. to, to get out of there. Like, like, and I, you know, it's not a conspiracy. Just go and do, look at the fucking research. You look at the, the history of wars and you look at the, the number of countries that didn't have an official relationship with the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, and you're going to see a strong correlation there. That, that list, it, it, whoever wasn't with them, we, we, we wrote on. 
And you go back and just look, last 30 years. Like, this shit right. is not a conspiracy. And so when you, when you pay attention, all this shit is racist. You right. know, all of it is racist. Right. Well, I think that that's why I hate the purity test, because like they said, and that's why I highlighted the Obama and the Clinton, right? Because if you watch these um, documentaries or anything about, you know, the, the especially the, the, the things that the CIA has done, they, like you said, they've destabilized mad countries and none of them are white. Anywhere, right. Like right. They, anywhere they, you go and look. Anywhere you're going to look. Like, they, fucking... like Asia, like places in Asia, places in Africa, places in Central America, right? Like, and that's been going on under every single president, Democrat and Republican for there at, is least, no... at least a hundred right. and something years. Yes. Like, there, is, there is no statute of limitations on murder charges. There's there, there the CIA has come out and admitted to the killing of Martin Luther King. Like you think about it, like that that should happen while your parent your parents were alive, right? right like right. my mother was alive, my grandmother right, was a, right. was alive and was an active member of society right, when right. this type of outward aggression was happening towards blacks. The civil rights movement wasn't that long ago. And so when we start talking about the lack of accountability with from from civil rights shit, like we ain't even talking about slavery. There's no accountability. None of the and, and we still have laws that reflect the the racism that is and that's why it becomes institutionalized, right? We we haven't overcome that. We we have never gotten past that. That shit still is the the shadow that is looming over the the luster this the the semi luster that's supposed to be the American dream this shit is trash this is some mid this was if the American dream was was weed it'd be some mid some fucking huff like I'm so disgusted with this country because it like it it, it really I, I guess you could call it the purity test but this shit is all a scam and it's like as long as you drink the Kool Aid or you you you're in the Matrix you you get vested in in the in the the dog and, and pony show yeah. but Red, you know, red party, blue party. It's they're different wings of the same animal, the same bird. Well, now th- this person, and I know you're familiar with him. That's why I think a lot of the stuff that what's his name, brother polite, says resonates with me because it's one of those things where it's like at the end of the day, we're living in a racist capitalist society, so. You know, and and I'm not quoting him, obviously, but from what I remember, he was like, listen, I'm about getting my money and making sure my family is good. Any of this other kind of ideology you have, you know, is irrelevant after that. And And I think that we've seen what having economic power and therefore political power gets you right if you don't have Uh economic and political power the cops run up on you and and slam a a young woman to the ground for not having a mask all the way on properly and nothing happens to these cops if you do have political power then your community can have a block party during a pandemic with mad kids and old people no social distancing and not only do the cops stand by, now the cops have to have, the, the, the cops boss have to have a sit down with that community and apologize for even suggesting. Yo, Ed the Block look like such a fucking duck, man. 
But so this is what I'm saying. Like, and that's the thing. And and I kind of, I would say I kind of respected what Andrew Cuomo said, even though he was still towing the line. Because he, when they asked him about it, he was like, listen, it's not lost on me. He, he didn't name the group, but we know what group it was. He said, it's not lost on me that the group that's doing this is a politically powerful group. And I was happy that someone at Cuomo's level. At least acknowledged it, right? Right, right, level. At least they acknowledged it because the problem that I have had with members of that community is that they pretend that that is not the truth. Because I had someone basically email me directly, a person who I know in real life sent me an email and, and said like, oh, I didn't want to go back and forth about this on social media, but you know, I'm noticing anti-Semitism on the left. And I was just like, mm-hmm. Really? And here's the thing. If was this a result of something that was said on the pod? This, this, it wasn't something that was said on the pod, but it was something that had been said on social media. Like, like when these okay, articles okay. were were coming out, and I had shared right. one, you know, right. and this person, you know, said like, "Oh, this is feeding into this type of stereotype," and blah blah blah. blah. It's like, but at the end of the day, when the cops run down on, on my people. It's just like, oh, well, you know, they shouldn't have been looking suspicious while, you know, waiting for the light to change. And it bees like that. And then we just have to move on. But in that situation where, you know, they was breaking the locks off the, the playgrounds and, you know, ha- going to schools, having funerals, doing whatever they wanted to do. And then they sent the cops over there to break it up. Then it was, oh, no, you have to now speak to the sergeant of this precinct or whatever and 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 we're gonna send the sergeant to apologize to this group of people you can't deny that there's it's a double standard and the only double standard can be that one of the groups are powerful and one of the groups are not right right and and, and that's for the record there are no such thing as positive stereotypes people need to 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 stop uh trying to trying to make that argument what do you mean positive um, stereotypes? Like the the idea, like a, a stereotype is literally like this, this oversimplified opinion on something. Right. And mm-hmm. so when you, when, so when you, you generalize with the idea, like, you know, all, all blacks are criminals, right? You say, oh, that's a stereotype, right? That's an easy one. But if it's, oh, right. All black men have big dicks. Some people feel empowered by that. That's, that's a stereotype, <laughs> too, you know? No, like, oh, it's a stereotype because let me tell you something. It's not true for a lot of well, people. No, 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 no. It's just this, it being it being factually inaccurate isn't what makes it a stereotype. You know what I'm saying? But the fact of the it's matter widely is... widely held. Yeah. A stereotype. Right, right. definition is a widely yeah. held but fixed oversimplification of an idea about a particular type of person or thing. So, like you said, it's a widely held belief and it's an over, oversimplification, like you said, of a thing or a person. Yeah. It's, a, it's no, no positive stereotypes. You know what I'm saying? Like, Stereotypes are only negative. You think so? So, in my mind, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I would agree with that. You tell me something. You tell me an informed and and uh, uh, tell me a stereotype that is the result of an informed opinion. Well, what I would say is, I think, <laughs> I 
think that. What you gonna say? Like all, all Asians are good in math? You know what I'm saying? Like like let, right, let me hear at the same time. Yeah, but what I'm saying. So for instance, they're now suing. They got a whole lawsuit that's about to go to the Supreme Court on that basis of of them basically saying that that the stereotype that that I guess some of them are now being harmed by the stereotype. Like 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 let's not act like people have not. And when I say people, I mean large groups of people. Let's not act like large groups of people have not succeeded by trading on a stereotype, be it positive or negative. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's not well, act well, like those, those are two separate things, though. Those are two separate qualities, and a, a distinction should be made between a person monetizing or or being able to leverage a stereotype versus the idea of a, a stereotype in itself by by nature being having a positive quality to it. You know what I mean? Like just like the idea of the 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 idea that all men, all black men are well endowed, and then a black man being able to leverage that into his career as a phone sex operator, right? Because you're selling, <laughs> you're, you're, you're selling uh, what? This is this is plausible. You're selling your sexuality, right? And it's, but this overcharged sexuality is the result of a stereotype. You know what I mean? Like that. I, so you could make you could make good of a, of a negative. You can leverage it to your 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 advantage. But that doesn't make it positive. That doesn't make the stereotype itself positive. Yeah, I mean that the person who emailed me one of the things that he always says is like he doesn't like the stereotypes of you know uh, Jewish people having money because he personally is not rich. Okay, listen, and... I'm going to let you finish that, and then I'm going to say something that's going to get me in trouble. Well, so you finish that point, and I'm going to go. But, but but what I'm saying is I think that the the groups that have – I think every group has negative and positive connotations with it. Like you said, I th- I agree with you that they're never going to be positive because there's always going to be members of that group who don't meet it, whatever it is, right? Like, like it could be the most innocuous thing, right? All – Southern people are nice or, or friendly or something, right? Like there's always going to be that mm-hmm. one Southern person that has a nasty attitude. So therefore that's not going to apply to them. But at the same time, I do think that uh, certain stereotypes about certain types of women, I think women who play into those stereotypes have gotten success. So in those cases, I can't say that they're negative, but I do agree. I think it's the application of it to everybody is the negative part of it um and now you're about to get the pod canceled because why i started just <laughs> I, I calmed down that quickly i was gonna go good. into good all right well no just look hit, hit me out for a second oh god if if you were working at a company right and you had black men mm-hmm at all of the key decision-making uh, decisions, right, positions, mm-hmm. at all the key decision-making positions in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first time in the history of the company, it, this happens. Mm-hmm. And and after that, the company then has a historic collapse, right, and it, it will, is on a pace to go bankrupt. Okay. And people come out and say, hey, listen, the, 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 having black men in, in leadership positions has doomed this company. It's a terrible decision to make, right? It's fucked up. 
would you would you be supportive of that statement generally? Mm, probably not. Okay. Would you have been supportive of that statement specifically? Well, I wouldn't. I don't think that I would focus on the race of the people. So I'll just tell you really quickly, right? At okay. my at my job, I've noticed that to your point, the key decision makers have been put into. All right, place. Let me guess. Let me guess. White men. Not always. <laughs> okay. Not okay. Always. Well, 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 well. But, but, but I got always, ahead of myself. <laughs> they've always been men, but um, okay. you, you weren't too far off, right? But it, and it always seemed to be a certain type of man. Not necessarily racially, but they all kind of had these certain little things in common. And for me, when I focus on that, I the way I describe the problem is it's not the it's not necessarily the demographics of these people to me it's mm-hmm. it, it's more of that per they, it's it's more like these people all have the same kind of track record so for right, me right. I, you know that that's what it is for me like like my love so language so it's almost like a, a monopoly of thought right so exactly. you have a, a singular approach and outlook exactly and right right so I, I got you right right because it's like it's like you know whether the person is you know middle eastern or chinese or whatever they're all kind of mm-hmm. acting the same way and i have the problem with the actions and the thing is right. i don't know if it's a this is the way men act or if it's a this is the way men in this industry act or you know one of those things but yeah like or, or option c <laughs> this is the way you have to model this is the behavior and the thought process you have to model to be able to move up in this company. Right. Correct. 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 Um, I won't go into too much detail on the air, but uh shout out to them. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, funny, I'm, man. listen, listen, I'm trying to get crypto a about to take off, man. Come on, listen, man. Listen, I'm, go out here. listen, I'm out here. I had a conversation with my boss and she said, oh, we need to put down some career um, uh, competencies. Some goals, little milestones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so she said this for all of the junior people. And I was like, yeah, that's cool or whatever. But is this what I'm going to have to meet for my promotion that I'm asking for this year? She's like, oh, girl, don't uh-huh. worry. You good. I said, okay. Remember you said that. Okay. I, I do not forget. Our, we, right. We almost in November. This is short. Yeah. Okay. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm rooting for you for this ascension because I feel like once, like the I made it mark is when you are able to indulge in blatant nepotism. And I'm waiting. I, I want, I'm, I want the layup. Blatant. Yeah, blatant. So who is she? Oh, I think that's your sister. You know, like, <laughs> just like, well, you don't even know somebody's resume and shit. But you're like, questioning how they got the job. Like, oh, he must have gone to school with her. Yeah, I think they grew up in Brooklyn together. Like, just keep pushing. Well, you got this. I've already, yes, well, I've already been able to hire someone. No, 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 no. You did like, that. Right, right, right. And they they came qualified. That yes. don't count. Oh, I went, want I'm talking about the, people. yes, okay. I'm, I, I'm, I'm tendering my, my resignation now. Okay. Okay. So I might. I let, wait. Well, it depends on my availability. I'll let you know. But you okay. know, maybe I okay. got some meetups. I well, know listen, some people though. Listen. We'll talk about that off the air. I know that that in tech, apparently, we have this new department called growth. 
and no one can tell us what that means. So maybe we could put you in there since there's no description of this. It no, just, no, no, no. <laughs> this is what that, that sounds perfect. That sounds perfect. Yeah, you write your own your own checks with stuff like that. Yeah, everything's billable. Well, yeah, it was. I was I was doing. Yeah, I hit the grounds. You go to the strip clubs, and if you're doing talent scouting and evaluation, yeah, there's a girl who didn't have a title related to that before, and and I heard that she's going on a quote brainstorming business trip. Mm, to where <laughs> Dubai? <laughs> nah, it's 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 in the U.S. But I was continental. Like, I was like, oh, that's the new scam, huh? Get on the growth yes. team, <laughs> okay? Yes, hey, you ain't listen. You could do that. The SBA not coming after you. Yes, run with it. Get, listen, we we didn't even qualify. <laughs> we didn't even qualify for the SBA because they said that the, that the um that that the company wasn't in danger. Oh. Uh. Look at that guy. It's a flex. I also, you know, I wanted to to bring up, and I'm glad you hearing you say the, the thing about um, the growth department. So I watched a documentary last week, and I, I was excited to talk about it called "The Social Dilemma." Did mm. you see the trailer for it, or oh, check it I out yet? It. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, and... okay. Thank you for mentioning it or recommending it, or you know. Oh, anything I, I thought that you didn't would, do. I th- I thought that you were just too sophisticated to do you know something so lowbrow as watch Netflix. It was just oh, because boy. I have refle- it was just because I have such a high level of respect for you. Oh boy, the emperor is not wearing any clothes, ladies and gentlemen. My gosh. Anyhow, yeah, so I, I checked out the documentary and it felt it felt like a lot of obvious stuff in there, right? But then at the same time, it's like, you know what, this is you, you saw what the end game was where they were going with it, uh, as far as the nuclear fallout, you know, option. Like this, this is what they were leading up to without wanting to, to to press the panic button. They were pressing the panic button. Um, I, I do strongly recommend it, though. I think people should check it out to understand what the the dangers, the real life dangers are of of not only uh, engaging in social media in an uncontrolled manner, but allowing your your children, your grandchildren, to have free reign over it as well. Wow. Very very sensitive thing for me. Is is it has been before this, and it's, you know, obviously that amplified it. Yes. Well, for me as a person who now works at a tech startup, it was interesting to see some of the people who invented these things because these are conversations that I'm actually involved in in my job and I think it's it is very interesting because in the tech space and I think as users of it we don't think about it because you don't know how that came to be right it's just like oh now I can like now I can comment now I can retweet right like we don't think about how this came to exist right whereas in the when you work in the tech industry, like I now do, there are conversations about, all right, well, how do we make the person stay on the page longer? This type of um, tone of, of writing makes people more responsive. Or uh, we notice that if we take out, we literally have conversations of how many clicks should a person have to do to do a certain thing. Like, I think if people knew the level of manipulation that went into some of this stuff, to your point, people would be more, um, more alarmed about it. And I know you and I were joking before we, um, before we got on the air about me having my phone on do not disturb. But part of that, like, like that's part of it. Like I just noticed that, like, 
if I don't shut it down at a certain time, then, you know, it does interfere with me. And now, like I said, working in tech, when you see the conversations of, all right, well, if we word it this way, the person is just going to click off. But if we word it this way, they're going to stay on. If we make it this type of color, you know, we'll, we'll direct mm-hmm. them over here. If we put it here, then they'll just click and they'll blindly accept. And, you know, then we could hit them with the fine print. These are conversations that are had and with every company that we engage with digitally. So whether you're ordering coloring books for your kids to clothes, to porn, to food, anything that you're ordering online, there's somebody having these conversations about how to manipulate you to either get your money, right. To either get your, yep. To either get your attention and that equals to getting your money directly or getting you to do something else that they want you to do. Right. The, the, the bar here is this, this is the punchline, the best punchline of the whole documentary. If you're not paying for the product, you are the product. And that might go over some people's heads. But when you sit still and you really think about it, if you are using any interface, inter, uh, you're using any device, you're using any software, any apps that are quote unquote free, and I use that in quotation, then you as the user, you're not the customer. The customer is the person who is paying for advertising. You're the user. Only two industries refer to their, the people who use their product as users. <laughs> it's drug dealers and tech and uh tech right yeah. social media you're a facebook user yeah. instagram user twitter user listen i we call a we call a when i write the reports that we call our people users too this user did blah 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 blah. this amount of users did blah 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 blah, blah. and i work in tech it's the same thing when when i worked in a bank it was the customer or consumer now i work mm-hmm. in tech and it's the user Right, language. You know, I, I'm I'm a I'm an English enthusiast, and language is a living thing. And there is a particularly um, in English, there is a decided duality to words, and we we've 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 almost in this George Orwell like 1984 newspeak. You know, we we have this this double double usage. You know, we have a, a double double usage of words in business as opposed to everyday life. And we it almost becomes, you know, the actual meanings get so usurped by euphemisms that you, you actually lose sight of what's being implied. You know, you just take it at face value. But look at, like, look at, look at the language. <laughs> like you are what they say you no, are. It, look it's at, look true. At how they, it's they true. And, and any, if people have anybody at their job who's, um, I forget what the term of it, but it's basically like the customer um, outreach person, basically. And they have things of, oh, well, we're going to try to in- increase retention and we're going to try to, you know, they, they make these kind of statements of, OK, well, we noticed a drop off here. So therefore, this is how we capture these users here. This is how we capture these users there. And, and it is really all manipulation. Um, what I would like to see is some black companies manipulating people. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, too soon? Sorry. Sue me. Sue me. I'm, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. 
Well, listen, my thing is this. I definitely think that we we need more black people in the tech space. And I think that because tech is so ubiquitous, like if you think about it, everybody's using GPS, everybody, uh, you know, a lot of times people have, you know, some kind of Alexa or or Google Home or whatever. Um, you know, now with the, the smart car, you can unlock your car using your phone and, you know, all of these things. And, and I think that black people need to be, especially black people here in America, I think that we need to be part of that economy um without just being customers right right we need to be some of the decision makers and i have definitely noticed that at my company there are things that you don't think have cultural implications but that clearly do and I've said this before, a lot of times being an average American white person, that just means that you're the absence of everything else, right? They don't, mm, they don't. That's, un- that's a bar too. Let that, hold on. Let, you got, <laughs> after you hit that hard, you got to give like three seconds of dead air. Being an average American white person just means that that, that reflects the absence of everything else. Right. There's no culture. There's no soul. Right. right, right. It, it, you and, bland. Right. There's no seasoning on your chicken, right, Karen. I'm right. sorry. Go ahead. My fault. No, it's true, right? Because if you think about it, what does being white in America mean other than you're I mean, not black, right. you're not Asian, you're not Latino? That That's all it means. That you're not, that you're not other. That's what it means. Right, right. And it means that you're not... You know, it just means you're not, like you say, you're not another. You speak English, your family is white, and that's pretty much that, right? Because the thing is, if you're an Italian person who just landed, right, they would just consider you, oh, well, you're an immigrant, right? It's like you have had to be here for at least one to two generations to be able to shed your previous other. Right. You can, you can ascend to the legal status of white. Right. But... Everybody and it's, and it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everybody who's not white can't do that, right? Because the thing is, at the end of the day, well, the Cuban the Cubans are getting close. The Cubans are getting close. They they're right they're right underneath it. You know what? But the thing is, that's what they think. But ask a white person is always what I say. Because the thing <laughs> is, they they would all have to intermarry with other white people. You know what I mean? No, no, no. That doesn't that doesn't benefit the uh, the white people. Because even Cubans, no, no, no of course, their... well, of course, no. I'm saying to 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 benefit the Cubans. <laughs> of course, it doesn't benefit oh, the white oh, people, oh, oh. Right. right? Because for instance, yeah. I have I have a coworker who, if you just looked at her, not knowing, and she, and you didn't hear her talking, you would think, oh, she could be a white woman. You know what I mean? But the second you hear her talk, you hear her accent, and it's clear that she's an immigrant. She's Brazilian. And she has a very, you know, heavy Portuguese accent and she speaks Spanish and several other languages. But she has even uh, said that her children get otherized because of the food that they eat at school. Oh, they're buying, they buying the ethnic uh Well, she's sending them. Well, well, yeah, she's sending them mm. with traditional, you know, Brazilian, you know, and South American food. So, you know, the white kids are coming with Lunchables or, you know, whatever. Pe- right, peanut right. butter and jelly. Yeah, yeah. You can't show up with... with she says she says she'd be, yeah, yeah, she says she be sending them with rice and beans and the, and the other kids are like, what the fuck is this? You know? So, that, that's, right, right. so that's what I'm saying. Until, like, like that's the benefit of... And, and, and unfortunately, 
white people have the privilege part of white privileges they don't have to think about that right like they don't like, no they um, imagine some, taking somebody else's culture and making that a, a theme for a, a dinner you know what i mean hey taco tuesday right <laughs> but go ahead. white people are crazy you're crazy white people but, but they, uh. that's why i say that because i've even been involved in certain conversations at work and you would think that these would be totally innocuous conversations and it's just like oh you're just saying this because you don't have any familiarity with any um family or cultural structures outside of your own, right? I think we were talking to something related to age or whatever. And I was like, listen, there's no old black person that's doing this. I, I can tell you this right now. And they were like, what? My dad is da 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 da. Is your dad black? If not, shut up. Like, like you know what I mean? But, right. But they don't right. even think. They, I, I think what white people need to do is when shit gets thick and they had a fork in the road and it is like, well, which way should we go in this? So ask yourself, what would Charlie Clips do? Oh, God. And, uh, that's going to give you the answer. Oh, See, that's what Joe did. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the thing is if they had Joe Budden do, doing the outreach for Joe Biden, <laughs> they would have got somebody better than Charlie Clips, okay? Oh, shit. Jesus. But anyway, Look, like I was saying. I, I know. <laughs> I hope. Well, hold on. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I think we're going to end up rapping. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I do want more... Um, Black people and just honestly non-white people in positions of power at these various um, industries, uh, industries, whether that's that's starting your own company or, you know, rising in the ranks of an existing company. I definitely think it's important. And I've seen it in my own company that it really is true that people hire whoever is like them to your point right uh we have yeah. we have the russians hiring other russians we have the white people hiring other white people um i'm a black person and i have hired um other black people and i think it's just a, a relic from our you know caveman days or whatever you you just go with your tribe and, and we got to go with our tribe yeah tribalism is is running rampant maybe it's social media i don't know um well next week we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into um ice expediting these deportation processes with uh having allowing migrants to opt out <laughs> yeah. see how it's all about presentation yeah um uh, but we'll, we'll touch on that next episode um i do want to call it there um yes. do i have time to ask you what you're getting into next week what okay. are you getting into this week um, I'm not 20 sure. seconds or less. <laughs> I'm not sure. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it'll be business as usual. <laughs> um, I, I don't have anything coming up. And honestly, with the way, you know, as it's been for me the last couple of months, you know, a, a quiet week is a good week. How about you? Okay. Um, you, um, you were just down doing some market research. So how did that go? Yes. Yes, the research went well. I think I'm gonna have to do one more go of it, uh, as as we say on the pod, spin the block. Um, and guys, um, you know, obviously this podcast is being played all over the country. I just want to urge the people in North Carolina and Atlanta and California, Florida, um, some of the places I, I frequent, Texas. Guys, wear your mask. Please wear your mask. Oh, are you? Uh, are you? Have you seen something the, that, listen, that, that that concerns I, I you? Mean, 
Yes, 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 I yes, I have. Yes, I have. I'll be honest. I when I stepped out since I've been outside of the, the airport, mm-hmm. I saw twelve people wearing masks in the whole city. And this is the city of <laughs> The city, the city that I've been doing the research, the uh, city of Atlanta. The city of Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Twelve so, people. Yeah, yeah, and T. And, and ten, a... and ten of them, <laughs> ten of them were at at the place I went to get breakfast at. Oh lord. So it's like just two people. Like it's just it's crazy out here. They looked at me like I was nuts. They like, actually the, the argument I had was. They tried to convince me that COVID wasn't real. But go ahead. We we don't got time. I heard heard that. I heard that in Atlanta. If you wear a mask, they're looking at you like there's something wrong with you. I was the op. I was the op. Yeah. It was. It's. It's it's really a a unique thing to be down here in 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 this position. So yeah, I'm gonna let you know. Stay vigilant, though. Yeah, please do. And I mean, for me, like I said, you know, kind of do whatever you want. But but I think for those especially those people who live in multi-generational housing or you know your your work makes you come in contact with the elderly and all of that please just be responsible yeah i I made i made quarantine from the kids uh you know i was supposed to i had plans to do some uh some stuff with them at bronx zoo for halloween um but i I think i'm going to end up just letting their mother uh do like a driving thing with them Okay. It, I mean, shout out you know, to the Nicholas I, I, kids. I've been through all types of environments in the midst of this COVID. I have never felt more uncomfortable. <laughs> like this, this shit is crazy out here. Like I won't even lie. Um, and also, I want to I want to shout out the essential workers yeah. that I interacted with uh, at at the Platinum Club. Uh, you guys were very nice. Um, they they said that they were friends. They were, they were new fans of the pod oh. um, after I, I got to speak with them. So. Uh yeah. Well, uh, shout all out right. To those ladies, um, keep working hard. Um, oh, what you should do if you're gonna go back and you know for for a second set of research, you should show them how to um print out some QR codes so they can accept Bitcoin instead of cash and stay safe. Really, that's a thing. Yeah, and they could just add it to the, like their uh their outfits, right? Yeah. Well, they they go they actually go completely right, right. down Ju- to the shoes. Yeah, yeah, Ju- so they did say they it's be- not a strip club unless they show on labia. Correct. Um Right, right. Know, so they, they might have to do like have, body paint. Well, they have the money bags, so you know, they could they can print it and and hold it in their little money bag. Hold it in there. Mm. Okay, I I'll, I'll get started on that. Let's mm-hmm. see, see if I could monetize that. Yeah. A little re- uh, R&D. Yeah, um, research and development. Yeah, just show them, you know, and and all the the southern people have Cash App, so you already know. Wait, what? Oh, you how do <laughs> you just? Oh, you didn't know that? All right, all right. No, no, we gotta just Venmo. Venmo, right, Venmo is for the coastal elites, and they say Cash App is for you know the the, the more um, blue collar <laughs> among us. Oh boy! All right. So you guys have just tuned into another episode of the Pre-Internet Friends Podcast, episode 31. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with us, and we appreciate that. For additional content, uh, please check out other episodes of the Pre-Internet Friends, as well as our uh, spin episodes, Nicole Shanique. Um, you can also find us on Instagram uh, under the Pre-Internet Friends Podcast, as well as our individual names mr j nicholas nicole shanique and that's on instagram and twitter as well as on youtube we have some stuff in the works it is coming soon 
um want you guys to be vigilant to stay safe uh and be stress-free out here okay life is short uh and the pot is too so we'll see you next week all right <laughs> bye